Welcome, Abdullah. Tell me, how do you manage Mecca with four kids? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, got a very supportive wife. She's, she's brilliant. And uh, you look, it's a challenge. It's not easy. But uh, look, I love children. And yeah, it's, look, I was raised in a family of seven. So I think four is probably the seven from 20 years ago. But it's still definitely challenging. I think um, as they get older too, I think we'll end up being Uber drivers for the next 10 years. <laughs> but, but yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. How long ago did you have your fourth kid? January. January. So how long have you been running Mecca for? 18 months. 18 months. So I don't have kids, so I can't really relate to it properly. But has it been challenging running this startup, this new business with three kids and now having the fourth? Have you found that to be something you've needed to focus on in terms of how to like, I guess, manage? Yeah, it's a really good question. Look, it's a single income family. So look, at the time it was actually an easy decision, but thinking about it now, it's probably a really tough decision. You know, I sort of, look, I knew, I did a disc profile before I joined the BI. And one of the, one of the two things I was, that was, that came about from that sort of assessment was, you know, naturally I can build relationships quite easily, which is quite true. And I've got a, you know, I'm, I'm sort of data-driven as well, so I'm a bit of a data nerd. So I use sort of both sides of my brain. So I knew that if I, you know, getting into this space, I, I knew I was sort of really confident that I would be able to sort of follow the process well and, and sort of create a lifestyle by design in a way. And, you know, it's not saying that I don't work like a lot of hours. I actually do push the hours a little bit, but that's, you know, the start of every business you have to do that. But I think it's, when I say design, I mean, when I go home, I have learned the art of just switching off and being present. And it's, you know, it's a mindset shift to be able to execute that and do that well requires a lot of energy. It requires you to have access to the right people around you. There's no magic pill that you take. It's just consistency and discipline. And, you know, it was, you know, I think, you know, my wife at the time said to me, you're crazy, but I do, you know, I do believe that every time you put your head into something, you, you execute quite well. So I'm going to fully support you. And that was, you know, that was the main thing. So having the right support around me, having access to the right people as well, and just, you know, just sort of believing in myself and, and not believing that, and that I won't succeed. So I think your mind can be your greatest limitation. Agree. I just wanted to ask something just to get clarity. When you said, or you referred earlier that your wife said you were crazy. What's the context around that? So she didn't literally tell us crazy, but like it was more around like you're walking into an industry that you you haven't had experience as a real estate agent. Yeah, we did we dabbled into property earlier on in the piece, but you know there was a couple of mistakes that we made that costed us a lot of money early in the piece. So it was during COVID as well, and Melbourne was in a, in a fierce lockdown. I think we had a two year lockdown, so it was midway through the first the second lockdown that I started to to jump ship. She said to me at the time, like you know, do we have the right buffers in place and you know, are we prepared and planned? And I was like, yeah, we, we're, you know, we've got a, we've got a buffer in place and we're planning, you know, a six months sort of transition. But yeah, it ended up paying off and it's done, you know, we've done really well since, so, which is good. Obviously, you, you know, you mentioned your wife was very supportive, but I guess my question is like, did that motivate you to want to succeed more? Yeah, I think it motivated me to understand my why. And I, I had a friend who I go back to every time I make a critical decision. He's an entrepreneur. And I remember sitting with him, I said to him, you know, I said, I, need, I really need to see you. And he's like, oh, come, just, just come to my office. Anyway, I went to him, it was Monday night at like 9 o'clock at night. And I said, look, this is what I want to become. He's like, why? And I, I knew my why, but I didn't know how to sort of yeah, articulate that. And I remember going home to his and I said, I'm really upset. Like, he really challenged me and I couldn't really answer what my why was. Anyway, and then she helped sort of articulate that for me. And I think if you, if you don't have a why and if you don't know what your purpose is doing it, I think you can get really sort of, you won't sort of have that clarity. I think having that clarity at the start really did allow me to challenge myself and allow me to sort of execute 
on the plan. I guess looking back, right, when you were working in the employment world, let's call it, before you started your business, do you feel like you were, you had purpose in, from a career point of view? Yes and no. Like I, I was in a position of authority and I had a, a good team of employees that worked on me and reported to me, but I, I was able to build and establish really good cultures and able to sort of you know, improve productivity and efficiency. And, and I think there was one year where we improved our productivity by 19%. And what it meant for the business at the time was, I think it was like a 2 to $3 million improvement on the bottom line. I'm pretty sure it was $3 million. And I remember that year, um, like in my you know, salary review was in September. My, you know, we had that sort of you know, whole salary review, took that performance. Anyway, I sort of ticked all the boxes. I think I achieved quite a high, high score. This is why I started to think about leaving. But anyway, I got this letter and it said that I had a $5,000 increase in my pay. And I actually took that. I was actually quite offended from that. And I was like, well, you weren't able to achieve this previously. I came in, changed the culture, improved the size productivity. And this is sort of what I kept back. So that really made me feel, and I, I put a lot of hours and I felt like I had purpose. I did have purpose, but I just didn't feel like I was getting rewarded. And that's, you know, and I think that's the benefit of running your own business is now, you know, the effort that you put in, uh, if you put your effort in the right place, you'll get rewarded, whether it's filling your why, but you also you'll get financially rewarded as, a, as an outcome. It's interesting. Do you feel like that's a common issue in, in, the, in the workplace, in the employment world where employees are feeling, I guess, under-recognized, under-acknowledged, like not being remunerated in accordance to, I guess, the output they're, they're creating? Like, do you think that's a common problem? Yeah, I think it's it's very common in the corporate world. And I think some, you know, the companies that do it very well are very inclusive and, and have good sort of remuneration process um, systems. But, you know, I think most companies even going through the squeeze of COVID when things were looking worse, I think, um, you know, a lot of those sort of remuneration packages were taken away or the bonuses were taken away. So, and I, I do, yeah, I do believe it's a common problem. And look, I, I was always a fan of not working for someone and working for myself. But I just didn't know how to do it. You know, I didn't know where my passion lied until I came across you. Thank you. Hey, zooming out, right? Because your background was primarily in like, correct me if I'm wrong, was like excavation construction. Is that? Yeah. It was, so I was, I was working in uh, extractive industries for 10 years. So I, I managed the quarry for four of those years. And prior to that, I was just working through the ranks. And, and prior to the extractive industries, I was in mining for two years. So it's all similar. It's a similar industry. It's just mining is more commodity and extractive industry is just hard rock or sand. So I worked in there for 12 years and that was the industry I was in. So I guess looking, like zooming out and looking back like to your earlier years, did you think you were going to move into property like you when you're, when you're a teenager? Like, I guess what, what were you thinking you were going to get into as a career? I did my commerce degree in accounting and finance and I did a six-month internship with an accounting firm. And I followed up with a, like a, a one-year graduate sort of role with NZ. But I just didn't enjoy finance or accounting. But you don't know when you're, when you're young, late teens, you don't know what you want to do in life. But I'll tell you something I did have always a passion for, and it was always property. Like I was always in real estate. All my friends had large sort of portfolios. I was always friends with, like, you know, there was sort of a, a circle of friends that I had from a school that I went to. Their parents had, you know, large portfolios or developers. So I always had a passion for property. I could see sort of what property brought to a lot of people. You know, I read, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cash Flow Quadrant. So I was always, I was always into that space. But, and I think that's what resonated with me when I saw your, you know, you, I was able to work with people, which I love. And at the same time, I was able to bring purpose, like you know, sort of help investors understand what it takes to build a property portfolio. And at the same time, I was, I was able to work in property, but just not selling. I didn't want to sell. I just wanted to buy. I had some bad experiences with some selling agents. I didn't want to sell. I just wanted to buy. So 
you started Mecca Property Group. How has that impacted your life? Like, I know it's quite a broad question and I'm not just talking about from a professional point of view because I always like to understand because I know that running a business, you learn a lot about yourself, like good and bad, and it's very transformative. But I'm just curious to know, like, how has your life been impacted? Like challenges, positive, I guess anything that comes to mind. Like I went through a bit of a mindset shift in 2020 and I think this complemented, Mecca Property Group has complemented that and I think it, it sort of, you know, the mindset shift sort of led me to starting this business. But I honestly believe that your mind is your greatest limitation and I think if you just have a passion for something and you follow that passion, the results come. Like I don't, and it's funny, I know you look up, I work with you on a personal level, but I don't have KPI, monthly financial KPIs that I follow. I actually have how many people I want to help them. So that's the beauty, like that's the best part about it. And I think being able to have this business and seeing some of the, you know, some of the, uh, the impact that I've been able to have on people's lives and but also, you know, the success that has come from, from these acquisitions that I've been able to do. I think it sort of fulfills me more. I think it's, it's a game changer. I think our lifestyle has changed a lot and it's more about, you know, what other possibilities can we achieve? If you had to boil it down, I mean, your business has become very successful in a short period of time. But if you had to boil it down as to like why your business has just grown so quickly, if you've been able to serve so many clients, et cetera, like what comes to mind? I think it's look, it's ability to follow a process, but it's also understanding who your target market is and what sort of people I work with best. And it's just attracting those sort of clients to my business. And I find that, you know, the journey becomes a lot more fruitful for both parties. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's It's just knowing who you want to work with and then sort of you know, optimizing on that sort of and, and attracting it. Yeah. I mean, my observations as well is I think you care a lot around the success path of your clients. And I, and I think that that level of care from what I can see definitely would resonate with your clients. I, I feel like they just, they see the passion, the authenticity, just how much you do care. And I think that it's very attractive. And I think it's like part of your fragrance. And I think people smell that and they can feel it. No, I think humans like love connection. We all seek connection and i think you know the australian property market is a really open market so you know we're going through some corrections in melbourne and sydney but those two corrections that we sort of saw that coming but where the correction is, is there's like the you know lies opportunity right and i think like when i work with people investors or even skilled migrants that come from overseas i find that a lot of the times it's just they don't know what they don't know and you know property now is a lot more expensive than it was five or six years ago so the risk of making a mistake is scary so if you're able to understand those risks and mitigate those risks, I think, um, and able to build a connection with, with people. I think it makes the whole, you know, the whole experience quite enjoyable. Yeah, very interesting. So how did you come about the name of your company? I'm curious, like that, that name was like just front of mind or did you have to go through a thinking process to, to work that out? Did someone suggest it? Have you read the book The Alchemist? Yeah, it's a very good book. That's sort of where I got it from. Look, making the decision to become a buyer's agent was that like it was more of a gut my gut was telling me that this is the right thing to do. My mind was, you know, looking at my personality and, and you know, trying to understand and, and qualify and quantify, you know, what it could look like. But I literally trusted my gut. And look, the name Mecca is, there's two different meanings to it. Obviously, there's a religious aspect to it. But the other aspect to it is it's the place where people have the same common interests and they get together. So it's, you know, I want it to be sort of the centre of excellence when it comes to property and the centre of excellence for my clients. I love it. It's, I mean, it's, it's great when the name's got really, it's got significance, it's got meaning. And especially when you mentioned that book, like 
It's a powerful book. I haven't read it in a very long time, but I remember that book was highly transformative for me. Probably a good reminder to read it again. So you mentioned mindset can be, from what I'm hearing, like our biggest limitation, which I totally agree. I think it's where most people fail in life unfortunately. And then on the flip side, it's where a lot of people use it as their advantage and, and they win in life. But what do you do? Like, it seems like you've obviously got a lot of self-awareness around it, just in which I think is a big tick. But like, is there anything that you do to kind of stay robust with your mindset? So I've started to train a lot more to move my body just to help with my mind. Because when you include, when you've got a clientele base, active clients, We've got family four kids and, you know, you've got responsibilities with other siblings, like we're one of seven. My dad is also around and I've got in-laws. So, you know, it becomes very challenging. Like time starts to become very, very challenging to, to manage and it could weigh you down. Like mentally, you could be checked out. So a few things I do is I train. I, I like to make sure I get seven hours of sleep every night. I don't look at my phone. Well, I try not to. That's something I'm... <laughs> but you always have to check myself and get better at you know i think it's just focusing on the present as well like you know my wife and i try and do date night uh, and it's no phones no screens no work no kids no problems so if you're not talking about all that there's you know you're sort of forced to talk about things like appreciating each other goals and sort of turning it into a positive thing but yeah i think you know i think just training and, and surrounding yourself around the right people um but also getting coaches i think is really important like i've got which is yourself i've got a parent coach as well that helps me i think i need that <laughs> because being the parent coach like the parent coach is actually really interesting she's a cognitive behavioral therapist but she's taught me sort of how, how to effectively you know how to understand my kids and how do i how do i get the best out of as a parent because i have limited time like you know ultimately i've lived like i'm not around with them as much as my wife but i only have a short window that i see them every day but how do i get the best out of that short amount of time that i'm with them that's amazing. I haven't heard parent coach. That sounds really um interesting. I think it's great that you're doing that. So you can clearly um show up better. You referred earlier going back when you were working in the corporate that you had a position of authority. So I'm assuming obviously you you know, you mentioned you're leading people. So, you know, there was people underneath you. I guess my question is like since starting Mecca, have you felt like you've become a better leader? Just in general. I think I have, but it's still, you know, it's something that it's like a muscle that you need to work constantly. I haven't had the luxury of having a large team. You know, I've got two people that work for me, one with me at the moment that's with me full time. Look, it's it's hard because like when I was a leader for an organization, you're sort of not emotionally attached to it. But when you're a leader for your own business, it does challenge you a lot more to be a leader. I hope that's sort of clear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because it's like your it's obviously your finances and, and there's some decisions like when you're when you're growing a team and you're training a team, like you know, training an individual and you sort of I want to allow them to sort of experience, you know, the journey. You sort of have to let it be and, and watch from afar. It's easier when it's not your business, but when it is your business, you, you know, I find that I need to sort of check myself every time and hope that I'm not sort of undermining them or I'm not stepping in all the time, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Totally makes sense. I mean, I don't think you necessarily need to have a large team to, to be a better leader. Like I think leadership, there's there's so many qualities and traits that I think you can develop. Like clearly, it seems like you developed a very high level of self-awareness. And I think it's a very important part of leadership, whether you're managing a team or not, it's a strong level of self-awareness. Let's look at four years ago or five, four to five years ago. Like, would you expect that you'd be running a business? Like, was that on your bucket list? It was on my bucket list to run a business, but not, not it wasn't to be advice agent. Look, I do have a business that's been operating for nine years. It's like a small, like 18 business that I have. It's just provides really good sort of passive income. But, you know, business like this, um, that turns over this sort of gross commission income. And I didn't think I was able to do that, to be honest. It was only just recently that I felt like 
you know, it's only just going through, you know, your course and going through the experience of the first six months of running the business that I felt like I had the ability to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're a humble, modest guy, but yeah, the way you've developed your business in such a short period of time with not running a business prior to that, I think super impressive. And you've got a very profitable business as well, like a super profitable business. So I think you've really uh, come out the other end very quickly in a positive way. Have you found the journey to be ultra challenging? Obviously, I'm sure it's very rewarding, but have, have you felt like constantly challenged or is it something that you've actually just felt like you've been in flow with and it just hasn't been as bad as you know, you've heard? I feel as though when you're working with clients, and especially investors, it could be really challenging to find the right type of property. It could also be challenging to find, you know, a good a good property for them, especially in a market where, you know, like last year was quite challenging to source properties. So I had to really rely on my ability to establish relationships with agents to get the, you know, first hand or even for them to consider my offer as well. You know, I think the people part hasn't been challenging at all. I think that came quite naturally, but it's, it's more around handling the volume of clients that you work with and then how do you maintain the quality of service you know, when is a good time to grow? You know, when your businesses, when you, you know, when you're working with a larger number of clients, it's more around. You know, how do I maintain my service levels so that my service levels don't drop and the client experience is really good so that they can come back? So I think that's probably been the most challenging part. And like, I think one of the reasons why I've seen my greatest success has been just having a coach like yourself where you were able to help me focus my energy on tasks that were the greatest payoff. You know, not so, like, I'm not putting too much energy into, into things that, it's just going to suck my time and we'll just you know, sort of burn through time where I'm not sort of being really sort of time efficient. I really can't afford to not be efficient with my time because I've got, you know, there's four beautiful kids and a beautiful wife at home that's always waiting. <laughs> so it became even more critical that I, I was focusing on the right aspects. I love it. Mate, on that note, we're going to finish up. Um, for those that are listening, where can they find you? You know, especially for those who are looking to buy property on, on a national level for investment purposes, where can they come see you? You can find me on Mecca Property Group, M-E-L-C-A Property Group. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Facebook, but yeah, just on the website, there's my numbers there. Give me a call. I was going to show you, Ben, also before we go, just my, this drawing that sort of signifies my sort of journey once So this is like, there's an artist that's in the office and I spent, you know, they've seen me sort of grow over the last 18 months. And I sort of sat with them and I went, look, I want to draw something that's, you know, sort of shows I don't know sort of where, sort of my journey to date. Anyway, so this is, this sort of resembles a property group in a way, but I'll just explain it. So you've got, you sort of got the horizon, which is unlimited sort of possibilities. This is sort of my journey into Mecca property group. And I've just got, yeah, obviously Mecca there as the symbol of, you know, the name. But around it, I've got like strength, peace, you know, love, that community, because I do see myself as like helping. There is a community of skilled migrants that come from overseas that have no idea how the property market works in Australia. And I've been working with them, you know, to either secure their first home uh, or, you know, helping them build a good number of properties. You know, community, there's, there's success. So that's, and then there's family. And that's sort of my journey. Like it was a bit of a rocky journey getting there. Over here, you've got like, you know, sort of just life's challenges, you know, sometimes you're on the up, sometimes you're on the down, but ultimately there's, you know, unlimited sort of possibilities. And you got the crescent, which is like the new beginning, and then you got sort of the members of the family here who are just free. I'm really focused on like like raising my kids to feel as though they've got their free thinkers and able to sort of be who they want and be whatever they want to be. But being able to be an example of that, I think, is what I'm trying to show them. Mate, I love that. That's unreal. Good on you for bringing that to life. Like, that's a really cool visual representation. I think it's really special. Man, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. You're an awesome human being. You're doing really great work. And you're just going from strength to strength. And I think you're just going to keep crushing it, man. So thank you. Thank you.